baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Okay, I think we're going to have to revisit the Garth Brooks issue because we got a lot of texts about that. So yeah. we got other stuff to do here, but including, uh, by the way, uh, in a half hour, just confirmed Soledad O'Brien, the uh, journalist, longtime journalist who's done uh, work mm-hmm. for NBC, uh, HBO, she's got a new podcast out with Rob Reiner on the JFK assassination. Now, you might think, well, how many questions about the JFK assassination do we still have? People are still fascinated about it. She's done a podcast with Rob Reiner. Soledad O'Brien will join us at 1035 this morning to talk about uh, that podcast. So uh, looking forward Good get. to that conversation. And by the way, Adam is her close personal friend. Yes. And that's how we got close, that guest. Ex, so. close, I was like one of those people who follows me on Twitter that I have no idea why, or mm-hmm. X, and, but it paid off today. So she will join us at t- 1035. Awesome. Jordana, I'm going to play a song for you here. I'm not going to know that song. I know, David, I know. know it's that. new. It's new. It's award-winning. Ooh. I'd like your off-the-cuff, with no context, review of this song. What do you think of that, okay, tune, it's, um, It's sweet. It sounds like every other country song that I've heard <laughs> yeah. ever. Uh, I don't think it's Garth Brooks, because it's a woman, is so it, it's not about his love. Is that Lainey Wilson? Uh, bingo. That is Lainey Wilson, wow. who won Artist of the Year at the CMA Awards. Last Honestly, week. there's a country music award every show Thursday, every week. <laughs> mm-hmm. Sounded like Dolly Parton to me. A little Dolly in there, yeah. a little bit, a little bit. Uh, that's Watermelon Moonshine, one of her hits. Um, are you going to go out of your way to listen to any more Lainey Wilson, Jordana? No, I mean I'm sure she's a lovely woman. <laughs> it's just like again, yeah, fall in love. like it. Just it's the same song. I, I I would not be able to. It's just not my genre. I, it's just not my thing. But um, uh, Lainey, best of luck to you. <laughs> um, hates panda, hates panda bears, you know, hates country, country music. music. Uh, by the way, I if you are awful. a fan of country music, which Jordana is not, uh, next week we'll be giving away Kenny Chesney yeah. tickets mm-hmm. all week. Kenny's mm-hmm. coming to U.S. Bank Stadium with awesome. a cast of other um, characters, including Zach Bryan. Zach, what I say? Zach, Zach Brown. Brown. There's too many. There's okay, too many Zachs and Bryans have and Zach, Browns. You have Zach yes. Bryan, Zach Brown, and Luke Bryan. Yes. So that it's very confusing. I think all of them are going to be there at right. US Bank next year. But, I think it's uh, Zach Brown. It, it should be Zach Brown because they do the same yes, kind of... it is Zach Brown. It's the beach vibe. The and, kinda, you, and you won't be able to tell the difference because it all sounds the no, same. No. Oh, stop. That's it. not true. Uh, <laughs> listen, though, next week. I have every day next week. Yep. Tickets. Awesome. Pizza Hut has teamed up with a century-old Hong Kong restaurant to put a modern spin on the traditional dish. Get this, they're putting snake on a pizza. The new offering combines shredded snake meat, black mushrooms, and Chinese dried ham. All ingredients in the authentic snake stew that is popular in Hong Kong. Uh, Putting all that on a pizza that will be available at your Hong Kong Pizza Hut restaurant adam uh, would you try it no come on no, no i'm I've, I've always been one who said you know 
my advent, my culinary adventures have expanded by the year, and that I'm almost willing to try something about eating snake to me just does not sit well. It's and I'm sure it's shredded. I'm sure. Yeah, that's. I'm sure if I tasted snake, I'd probably have no idea that it's snake. But there's something I don't know, man. I just eating bugs. I don't know. You don't. You um, don't think you could taste the original sin uh, in that? In oh, that's that right. There's, yeah, there's the something about Adam and snakes. <laughs> what? There's something about Adam and Adam and snakes and apples and fig leaves that I just want to stay away from. I've ha- I've heard all those jokes before, so no. Uh, reading further, every one of these pizzas is certified kosher. Jordana, will you be trying? Yeah, yeah. Pizza? <laughs> Snake is not kosher. <laughs> oh, that animal is not kosher. And no, even so, for some reason, and and maybe it's biblical. Maybe I just don't think snake would be a tasty option. Now, look, if I was on the show alone, or uh. if I was dying and needed to eat something, I, I am not above it. And by the way, that would be okay for the rules of kashrut, but I would do my best at all costs to avoid eating snake. Yeah, but on a pizza, I mean... No. No. You yeah. don't... You know, like, why ruin a pizza with a snake? Yeah. Two things it's you don't want on your way pizza. It is. <laughs> snake oh. or pineapple. <laughs> oh, now, no we're, now, now we're going to get like a thousand texts about pineapple no, on pizza because people know. love it. doesn't belong on it. Doesn't belong. Yeah. Uh, hey, the actors' strike is over. Uh, they uh, struck a deal just in the last uh, day here. Jordana, what show are you most excited for the return of now that the actors' strike has ended? You know, I feel like as consumers of television and, and, and movies, we haven't missed much. There have been, you know, there was a new Only Murders in the Building. There was a Ted Lasso that finished up. I'm trying to think of some of my favorite shows. The Morning Show is new. You know, there are new episodes of that. Uh, you know, I just watched, what did we watch last week, Adam? Oh, The Fall of the House of Usher. Uh-huh. That was great. And I just finished last night, even our random review from from this week. It was um, the, the, um, All the All light the Light We, we cannot, cannot See. See. So, like, I haven't been missing many things i have been enjoying television i will say when the writers were on strike i was really missing my uh late night shows and i was really missing saturday night live which for some reason was not new this week and stephen colbert still has covid so that's not on but now that they're back that's great the writers or excuse me the actor strike somehow did not affect my soap opera maybe they had many of those in the can that they were just airing so um I guess whatever movies I, has anybody, have been on delay, has, but I haven't felt the, the the heat of that. Has there been a new script in a soap opera in the last 30 years? Yeah, they probably just ran no. reruns and you never noticed. No. That's, that could be very true, <laughs> but you know what? It satisfied my need. It's okay. I I survived. Um, I don't know. Adam, did you miss anything? Not I, really. I don't, no, we don't know what we missed. Well, that, not only that, but I mean, if there's not anything new... There's so much on all those streaming services you can yes. watch that it's like it's all new. Like, yeah, the, the, there could have been a show from 10 years ago. The, oh, this is a great show. It's like, well, that's 10 years old. It's like, well, I'm just finding it out Doesn't now. Matter. Doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. I feel disloyal saying that because we are in SAG-AFTRA. We're in that same union. We're broadcast, so we weren't striking. But um, so I'm glad our brothers and sisters, you know, in camaraderie with the union are back at work. Mm-hmm. But I didn't. So I hope I'm not being disloyal. You are. 
Okay. Uh, Adam, you went to the Timberwolves game last night. They topped the Pelicans 122-101. Understand you uh, showed up fashionably late. Yeah, I missed Vanita's dance. Fancy seats and probably had free drinks and beverage. No, I had no free drinks or beverage. No. I don't know. Uh, But what was your takeaway from watching this, uh, uh, just the first few games of the Timberwolves season here uh, in person? um, I am... uh... Now, I've heard good things about the Wolves saying, you know, that this is a different Wolves team now. And the the win over the Celtics a couple nights ago was very dramatic, very uh, exciting. Uh, last night they played a uh, severely understaffed uh, Pelicans team that didn't have many of their star, any of their stars. So they should have and did beat them handily. But I, you know who I was impressed with is Rudy Gobert. You know, Rudy last year, they'd make the big trade for him, give up a lot to get Rudy Gobert. And I just don't think it panned out last season. Everybody's like, wow, we gave away for this guy. But uh, he is a specimen, man. It's like to, and to see it up close, how big that dude is and what he can do, uh, is very impressive. So, and Anthony Edwards, I mean, Ant is Ant. Is Ant. So, yeah, if, if there's a new day at Target Center, I'm hoping we've been waiting for it for, you know, since their inception. So let's hope uh, that they uh, have a great success. But, yeah, fun to see that in person. Basketball is one of those sports, too. You really can't appreciate it until you're at the game and seeing it up close. It is so, so. Those dudes are just incredible athletes. But Vanita's dance was the best part. Mm-hmm. And the woman who bit the dust. Oh, that's a woman awful. fell down. Somebody fell. Yeah. Oh, my God. Um, Adam, are you a person who tracks your steps? Uh, yes. Do you? Yep. David, do you do this? You got one of those Fitbits or uh, whatever no. they're called? No, now, I do Apple not. Watch? Okay. Yeah, I don't either, but you may have to start walking backwards Ooh. if you want to get the full benefit. Let's talk about that next. Adam, you're a walker, right? You guys I go on walks for exercise? Try to do that, yeah. And now they got the treadmill, yeah. so even uh, in the, when the winter comes mm-hmm. here, I'll be a, mm-hmm. I'll be a walking fool. Yeah, I, I'm a walker. I try to get around the lake as often as I can. I do have an indoor uh, treadmill for when it's too cold for me in the winter. It helped me a lot in my recovery. I bet. And uh, when I read this, I thought, oh, do I have to try this or will I look totally foolish and fail? Apparently, there are health benefits to walking backward. Sure. This is a study out of Taiwan. Study participants spent four weeks on an exercise routine of walking backward on a treadmill for 30-minute bursts three times a week. Okay, we can all do that, 30 minutes three times a week. That's no problem. Mm -hmm. Uh, As a result, they saw improvements in their lung capacity, walking speed, and balance. Okay, so... Is this something you're doing? Are you are you going to go on a walk backwards? No, but I, I will say this: I have seen people at the gym walking backwards on treadmills before, and that really I have never seen somebody like. Oh, and I shouldn't say that. Yes, I've seen people out on the street sometimes, like turn around and start walking backwards, and you know, like we when I would do sports training in sports, you'd run backwards. That was always something, you know, because you're using entirely different muscles. When you're walking back, huh? And okay, I t- so do I need to try this? Yeah, I would be careful because <laughs> if you're walking backward on a treadmill or anywhere, uh, that you know, a you're not really seeing where you're going, and b it's obviously it's, it's kind of a fo- foreign way to walk if you're walking backwards. But I totally get that. But I mean, really, I mean, is re is okay? 
is walking three times backwards for a half an hour, three times a week, really going to be make that big of a difference? Well, I don't know. They say that, you know, you're using, like you said, using muscles mm-hmm. that are typically underused. Yep. You know, obvious, obviously, that would change things up. And they also say it's especially beneficial for older adults because it sharpens your mind. It says you're more present and alert when you're walking in reverse. I guess even you on a treadmill, <laughs> you have to concentrate on your balance. Isn't that interesting? They say, worth noting, start slow, pick a quiet spot like your backyard. Walking backwards compounds the risk of falling, which is very true, uh, especially dangerous if you're on a treadmill or a busy street. Yeah, I don't recommend no. walking backwards on a busy street. So shut that down right now. But they also say this. If you're walking with a buddy, switch off who walks forward and who walks backward. Maybe you look less crazy if you're walking backward and somebody's walking forward and you're chatting with them. I kind of feel like I want to try well, it. Well, plus though. you need somebody who's actually watching where you're going. That's kind of yes! the idea, too. Or you could just, you know, yes. <laughs> like walk back in, like in Greece, you know, when they're, when John Travolta and uh, <laughs> Olivia Newton-John, they're kind of, he's walking towards her and she's walking backwards and then they go the back the other way. That, you know, the, add a little dance step into it. I can see that working so, out well. I'm pretty sure that was choreographed. People were out of their way. They knew what was going to happen. But I feel like I'm going to try this, and I will report back tomorrow because um, I do a lot of walking, and certainly in the winter, that's like my only cardio. And yeah. my parents bought me this walking treadmill when I um, was recovering because mm-hmm. the only thing I could do was put one foot in front of the other. But I do feel like I, I might you, have to um, change it up and see if it sharpens my mind. When you do the treadmill, do you do the uh, incline? Do you try to do the incline? The, my treadmill doesn't have an incline. Oh. I could barely walk after oh. my uh, – transplant so uh it was just to move the blood around the body and get things going Mm -hmm. and i just wanted something real i don't have a a, like a workout space or a a large house or anything to 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 hide a treadmill so i keep it in front of the tv in the main room but i can fold it up and like push it under a piece of furniture oh so i needed something really petite yep uh, that i i didn't want to take up too much space i will i will say this like the 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 incline on those treadmills boy that i mean you know, walking's great, but if you want just to mm. like to pump it up a little bit, like doing the incline, especially like mine goes to like 12, and they say mm-hmm. that doing, there's a, in fact, there's a workout that's kind of taken, oh, like hit, there's been a craze over the last couple of years where you do, it's called uh, 1233. So you do 12, incline it all the mm. way to 12 for a half an hour at three miles an hour. And, Okay. That that I mean it is it's you it's a big workout. I mean you get really you, good. Okay. Oh yeah. Cuz if you do any good kind of butt, incline, right? Oh yeah. Good yeah. for your legs too and you really start huffing and puffing. Um doing that incline. So I'd advise I know, that. but I don't want to invest in another treadmill to get an incline. Right. I just Well, they always double as ho- clothes hangers, don't forget. They double as clothes <laughs> hangers. <laughs> that's true for the laundry. Dust. Yeah, that's absolutely yeah. Absolutely. Uh, I was fascinated as a kid by the Kennedy assassination. I don't know what it was because obviously, you know, that was before my time. He he died 12 years before I was born. But it's already going to be 60 years on November 22nd um, that he was shot and killed in Dallas. And we still, I think probably a majority of Americans probably, if you ask them, did Lee Harvey Oswald kill JFK and act alone? 
I probably think a majority would say no, especially in this day and age. Really? Question, oh, yeah. You don't think so? You you think I, I think no. I, I would bet a majority of Americans feel like there was a conspiracy to if, kill the president. You, especially nowadays, when I people think we if question it walks everything. Like a duck and quacks like a duck. It's a duck. Yeah. Well, the point is, we're still fascinated by it, and there's a new podcast out with Rob Reiner, of course, Rob Reiner, the filmmaker, and Soledad O'Brien, the journalist. Uh, she will join us next to talk about why this case. The assassination of President Kennedy still captivates mm-hmm. us, even for people who weren't alive when it happened, like me. She's coming up next on WCCO. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. A new podcast, Who Killed JFK? Again, November 22nd will be the 60th anniversary of the assassination of John F. Kennedy, and we are pleased to be joined on the John Schuster Cowell Banker Hotline by Soledad O'Brien. Soledad, thank you so much for joining us, especially on short notice. You just said it there. This is, you know, especially in the podcast uh, genre, true crime is so popular, and what bigger true crime story is there than JFK that it captivates us 60 years later? Yeah, it's an incredible story. And the thing I think that was so interesting for me when when I first started talking to Rob Reiner about this project was that I think a lot of people of my generation, right, who were born after the assassination, kind of just know it from the history books. Mm -hmm. This happened, you know, Lee Harvey Oswald, Jack Ruby, uh, and then, you know, single bullet theory, we move on. But I didn't realize the degree to which for a generation before me, kind of Rob Reiner's generation, it was so transformative about how they thought about the government and the government lying to them. And and of course, the questions about what really happened, because there are so many contradictions and so many absurdities in the story and the case that it really does boggle the mind. Hi, Soledad. This is Jordana, by the way, huge fan. So I'm super excited you're on our show today. <laughs> Sorry, I'm fangirling a little bit. More, <laughs> more. Being Don't here. stop. <laughs> Um, what, I mean, what was it about you that you wanted to take this or what was it about the story that you wanted to take this on? I know you have a media company. I know you do lots of projects, but, you know, a simple Google search, who killed JFK? It's Lee Harvey Oswald. What was it about you, this that piqued your interest that were like, mm, you know, maybe there's more? Yeah, because I think that was anybody of that generation kind of ahead of me, I'm 57, was sort mm-hmm. of like, eh, maybe there's more, right? And then you begin to realize when you dig deeper into it that actually the government contradicting itself in various investigations, and there have been so many. I mean, just the other day, we had a former Secret Service agent come out 60 years later, right, to talk about where the bullet was found. I mean, it's so hmm. it's so crazy. There are I think 5,000 pieces of evidence that still have not been released. And, of course, there are lots of sort of shady, shifty things that the CIA certainly has denied, done, um, perpetrated over the last you know, many years around this case that just make it so suspicious. I'll give you an example. Uh, one of the gentlemen who was doing the, the autopsy, the first autopsy, burned in the fireplace the autopsy 
the oh, paperwork. Yeah, <laughs> you're like, what? Yeah. Who does that? I was talking to a, a physician last night, and he's like, yeah, that makes no sense. His answer was that it had gotten a little bit of blood on it, and he thought that would be distressing for people. So he burned it. But he was assuring everybody that it was exactly the same as this new copy that he had written. I mean, and the list kind of goes on and on and on of just things that were bizarre. Uh, and and so we wanted to both trace the story and kind of connect the dots because there are so many sort of little filaments flying around, but also examine what was the impact on the assassination and what was happening in the world 60 years ago that Americans would respond as they did at the time. And, and of course, you know, we don't really, if you look at the data, we don't really trust uh, our government today no. in many ways. Um, so I think that that has been a bit of a fallout from uh, that event 60 years ago, for sure. We are talking to Soledad O'Brien uh, about her new podcast with Rob Reiner, Who Killed JFK. It's available uh, through iHeart uh, Podcasts and uh, wherever you get your podcasts. Ten-part series. Uh, the first one dropped uh, yesterday. I, that's what I was going to ask you about, because in this day and age, Soledad, you know this obviously tremendously well, that it seems more and more Americans and people around the world, frankly, are, for good or worse, uh, open to conspiracy theories. And the, I would feel like if this event would happen today, I mean, those conspiracy theories would be immediate. Do you think that people are more open to uh, seeing those conspiracy theories nowadays than we were back in yeah. 1963? Yeah, I think, you know, Rob says it in our first episode. He's like trying to explain to people what it's like when everybody watches the president be assassinated, right? It happens uh, when Lee Harvey Oswald is shot on live TV, when you, you see the president assassinated. I think it's, he's like, it's not something that lives on the internet where you can watch it later, where it replays, where everybody's brought up to speed. It's this one sort of traumatic moment that everybody experiences simultaneously, which we don't really have today. Yeah. So I think for sure, I think um, I, I believe the Internet has really helped along conspiracy theories because, of course, it's like minded people being able to quickly share information, accurate information, completely inaccurate information. But I, I think it definitely pushes conspiracy theories along. But, you know, if you look at the second uh, investigation, the church investigation, even they said that they believed it was a conspiracy. That was a government investigation that that sort of went against the very first Warren Commission investigation, right? So years later, there's a church investigation, and it says, yeah, there's a conspiracy, but they don't actually say, well, okay, among whom? A conspiracy perpetrated by who? And so I think mm -hmm. that has left the door open after all these years to people who are trying to piece together all of these, you know, um, the stories and, uh, and kind of connect the dots of who was Lee Harvey Oswald, how did he get access to where he was? Why did he say, I'm a patsy, you know, when he's did? He doesn't say, I didn't do it. He says, I'm a patsy, which is mm. not what you'd expect someone to say, right? If they, if they didn't do it, they'd say, I didn't do it. Not this thing is falling on my shoulders inappropriately. And so I think mm. there's so many interesting pieces to examine. And, of course, for me, who didn't live through it, just understanding the story in more depth was just, 
absolutely. I mean, it's such, it's a, I always hate to say like, this thing I did is really great, but it's really great. <laughs> it's really, really worth um, listening to, uh, even if you, you weren't around for the assassination and you don't, you know, you're not obsessed with it as Rob Reiner is, who's an amazing mm-hmm. storyteller, obviously, in his own right. And so having him kind of walk us through his personal investigation is just fascinating. So Soledad, who killed JFK? Well, it's a 10-part series, so you know I'm not going to tell you. You're going to have to at least get to part nine before we start revealing. But listen, I will say this, because we we do sort of point out, we do name names. We do walk through, you know, Cuban exiles. Certainly we're in the category of people who hated Kennedy. Uh, CIA, clearly, after the Bay of Pigs and after the Cuban Missile Crisis, real rift between Kennedy and some of his military advisors. And, uh, of course, you had mobsters, right, no longer in Cuba because Castro came into power, so they lost all of their businesses there. So you had these three very powerful groups who all really had a very good and clear motive for wanting the president of the United States dead. So we examine all of those threads over our 10-part series, but I'm absolutely positively not going to tell you what our theory is. <laughs> well, <laughs> can you tell me this, though? Can you tell me this, though, Soledad? Did you have an opinion? Uh, obviously, you had an opinion before you did the the before you did the work in putting together this mm-hmm. podcast, and how much did it change in doing the podcast? Yeah, I would say I didn't have an opinion. I had I, My opinion, I guess, was informed by kind of what I learned in sure. school, yep. which was, you know, there was a single bullet, Lee Harvey Oswald, shot from the sixth floor of the book depository. That happened. The end. Okay. That was, I mean, I would just say I was uninformed about it. I didn't know. And I, and it didn't traumatize me like I think it did the generation before. And as you walk through the evidence and just some of the crazy data around things that go missing, photographs that are in the National Archives, um, people who come forward with information, the guy leading the investigation, the guy leading the investigation into the killing, the Warren Commission, literally had been fired by President Kennedy. I mean, that in and of itself is so Mm -hmm. bizarre. And there's so many kind of weird instances that I'm not a particularly like naturally suspicious conspiracy theorist kind of person. But at some point you start saying, well, this makes no sense. It just makes no sense. I always think that conspiracy theories are too high level for government officials. I honestly don't feel that enough government officials are smart enough to pull this stuff (laughs) off and coordinated enough to pull this off. I mean, I still think about that today. Like people are talking about the deep state. I'm like, how smart do you think these elected officials are? I don't think they're (laughs) I don't think that they're that organized. I, do, totally I mean, and I get. I totally agree. I totally agree. Right? You sometimes, and this used to happen years ago when I when I worked in local news. You know, people would call us up and say, you know, I was interviewed by the press today, and you guys didn't put me on, and I understand that there's a conspiracy to keep me off the yeah. air, and I would be like, so much more likely that we just lost the tape. Yes. Like it really is probably not a conspiracy. So I do understand right. that, but I think we actually asked a lot of. Um, uh, former folks who worked in in uh, in government and worked, you know, in CIA sort of related fields talking about that. Like, it seems so complicated and then so impossible, right? A super complicated plan is very unlikely to be pulled off and certainly unlikely to be kept secret over 60 years. But I think some of the theory is that, 
you can have multiple groups of people who all have assignments but don't necessarily know about each mm-hmm. other, which is a really mm-hmm. interesting theory, that it doesn't have to be 10 coordinated people. It just has to be three coordinated people. And then that gets mm-hmm. kind of a little more realistic. Uh, and, of course, we know that some evidence has still not been released. And when you you see people who are, I mean, if you even examine the single bullet theory, which if you don't know what it is, you should just Google it. It's pretty clear. Mm -hmm. But you would have to imagine that a bullet ricocheted in all kinds of crazy directions, right, to hit the president of the United States, then double back, you know, and and hit Governor Collins. Like, it just doesn't make sense. And so I think Mm. when you would read through some of these early reports, you'd say, that doesn't make any sense. And I, 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 it makes you begin to think, well, a conspiracy of 55 people, probably unlikely. A conspiracy of three people who are operating through a couple of different people could possibly be. And I think certainly with Lee Harvey Oswald, we dig into his story very deeply. You see kind of how he's pulled and the strings and the connections to people. How does a guy who basically defected to the Soviet Union how does that guy then get a job doing maps yes. for the military? Yeah. How does that guy, I mean, it makes, how does that guy get get hired and get into employment by people who work for the CIA, right? It's, it's ridiculous to believe that he had no sort of other connections, right? It just wouldn't happen. We're talking with Soledad O'Brien about her new podcast, uh, Who Killed JFK? And Soledad, I just want to ask you something about the state of news today. You've been Mm -hmm. in the news business for a few decades already. And we're talking about something that happened in 1963 and how that was a conspiracy and a cover-up. Today, we have AI, we have deep fakes, we have really more organized conspiracy theorists and social media that can spread it. Is it just going to get worse from here trying to prove the truth if we can't even prove something that happened in the early 60s? Yeah, I think we're in a lot of trouble unless we really start thinking about what you do with AI, right? You already have seen a number of stories about people who have fake nudes and they're teenagers or, um, you know, things like that or or fake um they look like they're saying something when they're not saying it, you know, fake commercials with somebody who's who obviously didn't actually do that. So I, I do think we're in a lot of we're in a very scary place. And I think AI is about to open up or has already opened up a big doorway into really confusing people because things seem more real than ever before. And I'm not sure that our government, which is in quite a bit of chaos and a mess, uh, and has been for a little bit, mm-hmm. uh, mm-hmm. is really on top of it. That isn't yeah. a nice way to put it. Uh, is really on top of managing this crisis because I believe it's a crisis. Uh, I know that businesses and other organizations are trying to step in and fill the void. I don't know that the media is in a good place to actually call things out because yeah. I think over the last 10 years, we've been bad about it. We just don't. You know, we we sort of are like everybody has a point of view in it. Everybody, even if it's a lie yeah. or they're a liar, we should give them air give time. Give them a voice, right? <laughs> give them a voice, right. and then later we'll do a fact check and tell everybody like, oh yeah, none of that was true. I think that's mm-hmm. a really terrible way yeah. to think about journalism and how you inform your public. Um, the show that we do, um, you know, matter of fact, is really our focus is like we, we're trying to educate the public, so we're not going to platform anything that is untrue to tell you later that it's. 
it's untrue. We're just not doing that. And I think that's been a pretty good policy. But, you know, most people like to put dueling elected officials on who yell at each other. And I'm not sure you're educating people or helping everybody navigate a way forward. I think you're sort of really um, trying to pull in partisan positions you know, into the tent of viewership because, you know, you're being challenged by social media for viewership, frankly. Huge question. We'd love to discuss with you sometime uh, again. Uh, Soledad, thank you so much. The podcast is Who Who Killed JFK, Uh, Soledad O'Brien and Rob Reiner, iHeart Podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, The first episode debuted yesterday, 10-part series. Thank you so much uh, for jumping on with us today, Soledad. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Thanks. Appreciate it. 1051 News Talk 830 WCCO. Someone asked if Soledad was going to delve into the Seinfeld theory on the JFK case. And, you know, we didn't get a chance to ask her. But if somebody wants to start another podcast about this, when Kramer and Newman (laughs) get spit on after heckling players. Keith Keith Hernandez. Keith Hernandez. Keith Hernandez. Yes. They want to know whether it was a single loogie. Or if there was a second right. spitter. And you know what? I would From like to. I, I, we might have to lobby Larry David to see yeah. what if there was a second spitter. Uh, great question at the end about, like, and her, as a seasoned journalist, somebody who's, yeah. You know, uh, yeah. her concerns over, you know, what the future of it. We talk about it all the time. And we'll continue to talk about it, about the, the, mm-hmm. how the truth, the danger of what is truth anymore. It just seems more right. difficult than ever to find the truth. and which is Can like, you imagine if that happened today? That's what I was just thinking. If, if that happened today, I mean, we'd have <sighs> immediately. Or 9-11 happened today. I mean, we'd be blaming yes. people right away. We'd be blaming ourselves. And it's, yeah, it. There are already people that saying October 7th never happened yeah. when we have video that the terrorists took mm-hmm. themselves of their murderous rampage yeah. and they're saying it never happened. I mean, it's it's insane what people are willing to believe. All right. We're bringing back the topic we uh, brought up last hour. Garth Brooks writes a song about some chance encounter with a woman yes. in Minneapolis and St. Paul. Is that a yeah, Susie Jones? Maybe it was Susie Jones. We'll find out. Is that a bad thing? I kind of think it is, but people are saying, get over yourself. We'll uh, figure that out. We'll bring that up next on CCO. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did.